Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are, positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyland. Lawson. Lawson. What are you happy about this morning? Happy about? Yes. Just... I always ask what you're thankful for or how you're doing, Bar. What are you happy about this morning? Um, uh, man, this is... So I've, what, I've just... Whatever. What are you happy about? Am I happy about anything? That's... No, I, I am. Surely I... You know, okay, you know what I'm happy about? Um, right. is that it's currently uni break. Yes. And, uh, yeah, things are pretty easy going at the moment, but. So you're having a bit of a, a bit of a chill time right now. Yeah. But that being said, um, next week we're doing like this, like gelato event on the uni campus where we're like giving out free gelato, um, yes. in exchange for people doing a survey where they have the potential to be, to say that they're interested in doing Bible studies. So, like, that's, that's, we're not coaxing people in doing Bible studies with gelato. We're just attract, we're just creating an excuse to see if they would like putting to do Bible Putting sugar onto study. it. You're putting sugar on that's the, right, on the, that's on right. the, on well, the invitation. Is, yeah. This You're is something we did. A, with, <laughs> and, and <laughs> sugar-coated information. But it's invitation. vegan. It's vegan gelato. It's healthy. It's good for you. It's awesome. And it's like gelato and sorbet. So we've got like chocolate sorbet, uh, sorry, chocolate uh, gelato, and then like passion fruit sorbet. I just love all of the ideas that you come up with at, at the university church. I wish I went to the university church because then I could get free vegan gelato <laughs> hey, hey, as hey, well. Hey, hey. Nothing stopping you from coming. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing stopping you from coming next Tuesday and getting yeah, some free well, gelato. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're about to go into our 100 point question for the day. Lawson, what have you got for us? All right, for 100 points, how did Jesus describe his yoke that he calls us all to take upon us? Was it runny? Was it well done? Or was it a piece of wood that gets put over the top of a over, cow? Over easy. <laughs> but, but how does he describe his yoke? 0491 is the number to call. For 100 points, you can win a Faith of Him bookmark and bumper sticker, or you can get those points on the board. Continue to work your way through the quiz. If you get every single question correct, you win every single prize. Uh, but again, that number is 0491 Nine. Okay, so our listeners are on the ball this morning. Oh, they're already here. Yes, they're already here. They woke up. They, they're, they're awake. And uh, Rafi says, how come I didn't get gelato? I've been doing Bible studies with you guys a long time. This is discrimination. It just come. I don't know. They're like, <laughs> they're like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> That's awesome. But this is- and Sky simply says this. Sky mm-hmm. simply says, uh, thank, thank God for you guys. My on-air family, I look forward to all your voices. Amen. Uh, praise God. Thank you, Sky. Thank yes. you for tuning in. Yeah. Oh, no, I- I'm actually really looking forward to... Um, I'm really looking forward to Gelato. It's really interesting. Like, our um, our tactic of ministry has changed. So, we are, uh, you know, on the university campus. You're just buying converts with sugar. That's right. That's <laughs> right. No, no, no. no it's, it's interesting before we were like, okay, if we run like a thousand, this is, this is interesting. Cause what, what you're accusing me of before I say this, what you're accusing me of <laughs> is trying to, to get people in with non-spiritual means to then be interested in spiritual oh, things. Are you going to tell me the gelato is spiritual now? No, no, no. Uh, Interestingly, this, vegan, right? this gelato, doing a gelato is an, uh, 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 event represents the, diminishing of that strategy 
Oh, because okay. because previously we were running like a ton of programs, like whether it's like sports nights, vegan cooking classes, like all these great things that are that are fantastic. But we found that like people would come along to that, and we'd do our best to be spiritual, Christian, loving people. But the reality was is that a lot of people coming to those events weren't really spiritually interest, interested. And, That's right. And so our strategy has actually changed to where we run way less events in terms of just running stuff for people to You're going for low, to. lower hanging fruit. Yeah, that's right. Whereas we just, we're just like, hey, we're running a free gelato day. So we in, in attract a ton of people. And out of those people, we're like, are any of you actually spiritually interested? Yes. And that means it's like less work. Um, this is, it's not less work. It's less work in the sense of running just sports nights or vegan cooking classes. It's more work in the sense that since we've started doing this, um, every single metric we have of Bible studies and church attendance has increased exponentially. So God has really blessed us by just saying, hey, let's just try and get people to do spiritually, spiritual th- things and let's find spiritually interested people. Fantastic. This is so, all, I love it. It's very, so, very positively so, different story. So God has blessed. The moral of the story is you can be a spiritual person. Yes. And people will, there, there are people in your life who would be interested in knowing more about God. If Absolutely. You be a spiritual person. It's called being a witness, as the Bible says. Um, but let's have a look at some positively different news. And speaking about things to do with God and God's creation, um, over the next couple of months, all the planets are going to be aligning. Well, at least like five of them most closest to the sun. Oh, okay. So, so we're talking like Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, How often and does this Jupiter. Happen? Um, it's not necessarily like a once in a lifetime event, but it's a once in many years type of event. Cool. Uh, um, and this is going to be taking place over a number of months. So firstly, on April 17th, Jupiter will move into the position closest to the eastern horizon um, and almost on top of Venus. Uh, and a bit south, uh, we'll be able to see Mars um, and even Saturn further in the distance. Um, but then, so those ha- planets are kind of going to be hanging around this area. Um, and then by mid-June, Mercury is going to fall into position as well. So we're going to be able to see this over a period of time. Yes. It's going to be unfolding before us. And we're going to be able to look into one spot in the sky and see a bunch of planets all at once. Yes. That's pretty cool. I want to see that. I definitely do as well. Get you Guys, get your telescopes out. Get your, uh, get your binoculars out. You should be able to see it. Now, uh, this article that I was reading didn't necessarily have any information on how we could see it from Australia, uh, just from North America, but I'm sure. We will, we will get that information. We'll get there. And if you can't get a telescope out, get your Mark 1 eyeball out. Yeah, yeah that's right. And it's pretty good, the Mark One. Do eyeball. like the hand tell us, oh, the hand binoculars, you know, just to focus <laughs> up and uh, <laughs> and see them. Luckily, this isn't like a solar eclipse, so you have no chance of burning your eyeballs out. You'll just get to see a bunch of really cool planets. Yeah, it's got to be up at nighttime. That was actually probably, man. I I was um I was hanging out with a good friend of mine. This was a couple of years ago now, Braden Enterman, and he had this epic telescope. And I looked into the sky and I saw Saturn. For mm-hmm. the first time through a telescope, and I was mind blown. I was like, "You can actually see it, and you can see the rings, and you can see everything like that." Looking at planets is really cool, and you'll be able to do that because they'll all be in the same place. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so good. Bring stuff. it on. Bring yep. it on. Really, I love exciting. seeing the love seeing interesting things in the creation of God. Mm, amen. Um. Oh, some other interesting news, and this has less to do with the creation of God, and uh, more to do with. Money and uh, more to do with um, 
uh, well, you know, saving energy and whatnot. You know, we, we've talked a bunch of, about, you know, energy solutions and whatnot. A company in Germany um, has found a way to basically create, like, facades on houses that have the ability that they're, like, like within 20 minutes of installation, immediately make a building, like, carbon neutral or negative. So what they do is they 3D scan a house, a building, and then they have the ability to create a facade that will just like literally clip onto the outside of the house and they have heaps of different materials and all that stuff so it looks good. Within those facades, they have like hidden in them um, solar panels and those solar panels can just, yeah. Run the whole house. Run the whole house. So that means your walls as well as your roof is made out of solar panels. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Well, you would certainly run a house off that. Yeah. So one of the examples that they gave was an apartment block in Germany that was constructed in the 1930s. Um, and it used 450 kilowatt hours per square meter of space, which is incredibly like ca- yep. catastrophically inefficient. And this is, you know, like these old buildings when they all ceilings. Yeah, that's right. No insulation, poor mm. insulation. Uh huh. And then they've been kind of modernized and you put air con and everything everything in there and it's just like just just draws electricity like that's right anyway so they they've clipped like you know these this big kind of square apartment block uh, apartment block they've clipped this facade on the outside because think about this like you can put solar panels on the roof which is fantastic a great use of space it is but with an apartment block you curve you've got limited space for solar panels that's right that's the ultimate problem because like for a building so big to have enough solar power to run the whole thing like you would need an external kind of solar site which you don't have the ability to do because you're in the middle of a city until you clip these things onto the outside, you install these facades, and then all of a sudden, this building from the 1930s was actually carbon negative and contributing power to the grid. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, you think about the amount of sunlight and solar power that you're going to collect on the side of an apartment building. You know, if that Mm. apartment building is a little bit by itself, there's some huge spaces there for collecting sunlight. That's right. So this is like, this is the new tech. So you can just like... Uh, like on one of the side walls of your place. You could just clip on, you know, a, f- a f- I'd fake start, front. I'd start with the roof. Yeah. Oh, I got, I got I, six, I've got six panels on my roof, but, uh-huh. you know, I'd start there. Yeah, more panels, more That's stuff. That's right. Um, oh, finally, and we're going we're gonna to close out with some God's creation news right, right now. Um, actually, to do with Australia, a new marine park has been announced and implemented around, like, the, the Christmas Island, Keeling Islands kind of area. Um, and essentially, it exists. It's, like, 287 square miles or 744 square miles. Uh, 744,000 square kilometers of area, sorry, 287,000 square miles, uh, 744,000 square uh, kilometers of area, size greater than the state of Texas, um, that exists too. It's, well, they call it the Galapagos Islands of, like the Galapagos of Australia. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Not literally. Not literally. Not literally the Galapagos no, Islands, but the Galapagos of, of Australia. Lots of endemic species. Lots of yeah. cool stuff. And it will be there to protect thousands of species, different animals, and cute, including cute turtles. So I'm, I'm like, I'm all for it. Let's let's protect turtles. I kind of want to own like a turtle, but like like a massive one. Crabs. Uh, we should protect crabs. Yeah, protect crabs, stop eating them. Uh, (laughs) But anyways, this is some fantastic news. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. 
positively different. And we're about to get into more serious news, but before we do, we have our 200-point question for our quiz. For 200 points, what diet did John the Baptist get credited for mainly eating? 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. For 200 points, you can win yourself an issue of Science Magazine or get those points on the board. Continue to work your way through the quiz. But again, that question was, what diet did John the Baptist get credited for mainly eating? 0491-064-669. Fantastic. All right, if you know the answer, give us a call right now. But we're going to talk about the worship on the plane. Have you seen the uh, video of the worship on the plane? No. So there's a bunch of Christians who just basically stand up, start playing a guitar and singing uh, on a plane. Were, were people happy about that? Okay, so this has received very mixed reaction on social media across the world. 33 million People have watched the video so far and counting. And so there's a number of different perspectives on it. And most of those perspectives, of course, are coming from people who were not there. And so, uh, you know, as a person who was not there, I would mm. – and, and, and so we've got to have a bit of a think about this. Where would we, where would we stand on this? Okay, so get a bit of context. These were Christians, a Christian group who were returning from uh, the Ukraine where they had been helping refugees. Uh-huh. And they decided to sing this song. U.S. Congresswoman, Congresswoman Ilan Omar Dimin uh, says, I think my family should have a prayer session. She's Islamic. Next time we're on a plane, how do you think that would end? Mm. And so that sort of raises a number of different questions. If the Christians are going to have a worship service on the plane, then shouldn't everybody, anybody be able to have their own style of worship service on the plane? Yeah. Now, of course, <clears throat> is this offensive? No, of course it is not offensive. Would I get offended if Muslims had a prayer session on a plane? No. No way. I'd actually like that. That'd be so cool if they chuck some mats, mats down in the aisle and... Do their thing. Know, yeah. Like, go for it, as long as you're not getting in anybody's way yeah. and causing a disturbance. And this is where the next question comes up. You know, anybody who's offended by another group of people having a worship service that you get to see is a pretty major snowflake. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've got you've got serious issues if, you know, if, if you get dragged by the ear into that worship service, then, okay, you can be offended because you've been dragged <laughs> by the ear into something you don't want, but... Seeing it happen, yeah, you've got some some serious some serious issues. But at the same time, as all as the, so, where are they f- flying from? The Ukraine to back to the United States. Back to the United States. Okay, yeah. so they're on what, like either a triple seven or an A three eighty or something like or that, or seven four seven, or seven four seven, a modern plane that has a TV in the back of the seat, and they give you headphones and you can put them on and you can watch TV and not participate. Well, this is the interesting thing, and this is this is where you know because a, a lot of people have called this out as being anti-Christian hate by this uh, U.S. Congresswoman. Uh, but okay, so on a plane, and you and I have all travelled. You're going to have some people that are working. You're going to have some people that are sleeping. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some people watching the movie. Uh-huh. You're going to have some people listening to music. You're going to have other people reading, and other people having a conversation. Yeah, and me. do you when you have paid money for that ticket? That's right. Mm-hmm. Should you should you have that time taken over by a bunch of Christians who want to worship? Yeah, or should you is the, is that part of the deal? Should you expect that you know going on in your in your airplane? Yeah, should, should you be flight? forced to be part of a worship service with a ticket that you paid for? Mm. I think that's that's the interesting thing because like uh, uh, like it would be the same as like me walking into Coles and yes. like I pull out my guitar and I start singing. Um, and having a worship service, and because it's a private company on yes. private property, they have the ability to stop me. 
That's right. Um, it, I would assume that it's the same with planes, right? Yes. So, therefore, like the, the, the airline company 100% has the right to stop it. Partic- well, the responsibility to do so. The, the responsibility to stop it, um, particularly in the face of, say, complaints from the people. The passengers, yeah. indeed. indeed. And, but I think, yeah, the passengers also have the right to complain in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit different from public worship on a street. Let's say you're a street preacher or something like that. Mm. You know, somebody's going to be offended by that. They've got serious problems. You know, street preaching is not my thing. It's not my calling. It's not something that I would recommend. Hey, go do street street preaching. But if God calls you to do it, then go ahead and do it. And we're yeah. going to talk about that in just a moment. But you know, in that kind of a context, it's just like, yeah, great. Just don't like it. Keep walking. Do like it. Stop and listen. Mm. It's just pretty pretty basic kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so what we need then is a little bit more context because I think that if I was on a plane, even as a Christian, and a bunch of Christians just stood up and said, we're taking over right now and we're going to have a worship service and you guys are joining in and we're all in an aluminium tube going 500 kilometers an hour through the sky, you can't go anywhere, so we're going to ram this down your throat. I would be upset yeah. as a Christian. It's kind of very similar to the story that we talked about yesterday, right? With the, the cop who, like, forced the chick to get baptized. It's a little bit like that. Yeah, it's very... It's ultimately... You're taking advantage of a situation to try and um, spiritualize people who don't want to be. Okay, so that's one side of the story. Uh-huh. And, of course, you know, all that is going out on social media is an 18-second clip of this happening. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of people commenting and having opinions, as you would. Yeah. All right, now let's look at the rest of the context. Uh, so this was a group of, uh, of Christians. They were returning um, from this, uh, this, this program that they'd been doing in the Ukraine. They were excited about what had been happening there. Um, and they asked the air hostess if they could sing one song to the passengers in sure. honour of the Ukrainians they'd helped and to highlight the crisis in the Ukraine. Uh-huh. So the hostess asked the other hostesses, and they were like, yeah, sure, this would be a good thing. So they went and asked the pilots, and the pilots were like, yeah, 100%. Uh-huh. Do it. Do it. We need to support refugees because, you know, and, and highlight the needs of refugees. This is a positive thing mm-hmm. to do. Uh, this was just after the plane had taken off, so there was nobody that had gone to sleep yet or anything like that. Um, and so the hostesses said, yeah, it would be great. Um, the, the pilot says that they said that they would be honoured if they did so. And so then what they did was they asked the passengers. Yes. Okay. So they stood up and they said, hey, guys, this is what we would like to do. We'd love to sing a song to you guys. Um, this is what we've been involved in, and we just want to highlight the issue of refugees in the Ukraine. And the passengers all applauded and they said yes. Yeah, that's okay, epic. Okay. That is okay, awesome. Okay. So then the song lasted three to four minute, minutes. It was a, uh, a Chris Tomlin song. Uh-huh. So they pulled out a guitar, sang this song. Uh, the people were happy. The whole, the whole cabin was happy. Lots of happiness, lots of applause. Um, some people were moved to tears. Mm. Uh, they got thanked for it. Um, wow. Of course, the Church of Satan has called this an act of terrorism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so when you put a little bit of different yeah. context to it, yeah, that's if fair. you're on a plane and somebody asks permission and says, hey, can we do this? Ah, oh, bro, what are you going to say? Get permission? No, like, yeah. If you get permission, then Reckon you've you got permission. Go for it. Totally. This yeah, is not something that's totally. being rammed down your throat. This is something that you have. And it's one song. It's yeah. the, the, They're not doing street preaching in the middle of the plane. No, they just sang a song. Yeah. 
And then they sat down and wow. everybody went back to their flight and everybody felt warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's super positive. Uh-huh. So, yeah, a lot of debate going on that uh, around that one. But while we're talking about this kind of uh, ministry, last year, in fact, it was almost exactly a year ago, we covered the story of a preacher in the UK, uh, Pastor mm. John Sherwood, 72-year-old pastor who was street preaching mm. and was arrested for hate speech. Oh. Okay, so he was uh, speaking on Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28, and he mentioned the biblical definition of marriage, Uh and, of course, that got him into all kinds of distress. He was arrested for causing harm and distress and charged with using threatening or abusive words or behavior likely to cause harassment, alarm, or distress because he read those two verses of the Bible. Wow. So you better be careful which passages of the Bible that you read uh, in public. And, of course, the police turned up and arrested him for that. Uh, That case just went to court Uh and got tossed out. Yeah, it did. Absolutely. Of course, because they have legal protection, right, in the UK? In the UK they do. We don't have here, but in Mm -hmm. the UK they do. They have uh, um, Article 10 of the 1998 Human Rights Act, which says everyone has the freedom of expression. This right shall include the freedom to hold opinions and to receive and impart information and ideas without interference by public authority. Uh Now, of course, when he was being arrested, one of the, you know, when the the police said that they were going to arrest him, you know, he pointed out the police would have had no objection to, you know, a a gay pride parade, Mm. and they wouldn't stop a gay pride parade, which could be seen as extremely offensive to lots of people of faith. Mm. And it could be seen as being hate speech towards people of faith and all the rest. Yeah. Uh, but the police didn't just didn't like that logic, and they arrested him, took him off, but been thrown out of court because there is no case to answer. Good to see some positive outcomes to some of these things. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're about to go to interview of the day. Before we do, we have the three hundred pointer. What sin against the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, puts him in danger of eternal damnation? 0491064669 is the number to call for 300 points. You can win yourself a pocket sermon. But again, that question is, what sin against the Holy Spirit, according to Jesus, puts him in danger of eternal damnation? 0491064669. Well, joining us on the phone this morning is Jennifer Skews, uh, filling in for David Haupt while he's away for a couple of months. Uh, with his uh, health issues. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Jennifer, I understand this morning we're talking about how trauma is uh, programmed uh, in relation to Uh physical, mental, emotional, spiritual dynamics as well as how to treat it. Where are we going to start uh, this subject? Okay. Well, first of all, I just want listeners to know that trauma is treatable because it is a huge part of everyone's life at this time and I find people feel overwhelmed and think they'll never recover Uh, and this is the work I do is help people to get beyond the trauma and so there is help out there that's the one thing I wanted to say Um, but when we suffer trauma we keep reliving the past and the present and in other words we keep re-experiencing the trauma and it does depend on individuals Because some people with their beliefs and their attitude, particularly if they have spiritual beliefs and um, work with God's love and healing, then 
they seem to cope a lot better and recover better or don't embed the trauma. Um, but many people do embed the trauma. That's a really interesting statement that you make there because if we look back at the greatest generation, which you know is the generation that uh-huh. lived during the Second World War and so forth, I mean, this was yes. probably one of the most traumatised generations of our era and yet they seem to it succeed. Was. was that because there was a greater spirituality amongst people back then? There was a higher level of faith in our world? Well, I think that's, that's very possible, but also their trauma did end, like the war ended, whereas today it's an ongoing constancy, not just wars and rumours of wars, but we've got floods and earthquakes and then we've got the pandemic. So there's multiples, whereas like this, because my parents um, survived the Second World War and, yes, they suffered trauma and it did affect their life, but they, I think their attitudes and beliefs and the support they got, they still got on with life um, and managed yeah, yeah. No, it's an interesting – something that I've often wondered about is, you know, we often speak about the greatest generation. Were they the greatest generation? Uh, were they more resilient than what we are right now? It seems to me that they were, and interesting to look at the reasons why, but I guess what you're talking about now is that, you know, in the last recent years we've had, you know, how many years of – Mm. unbelievable drought followed by a couple of years yes. of pandemic and floods yes. and fires and yes. you know where does the list stop we have been in a in, in a traumatized situation mm. for probably the last 10 years now and i guess yes living near the end of time that takes what we its expect. toll yes mm. well then it takes its toll it wears people down um and because there's different degrees of uh, when we look at a trauma, there's what's called post-traumatic stress, and that is immediately after the trauma we feel stress. And what you do with it, and this is what I said about belief, is you think, oh, no, I've got good support and it's a one-off event, and, you know, probably won't happen again versus, oh, no, my life is over, it's going to keep happening to me. And so this attitude and belief, and this is where our spiritual beliefs make us more resilient, um, but if it continues, you end up over time, and it can take a long time to manifest, you can have post-traumatic stress disorder, but if at the moment people don't just have post-traumatic stress disorder, if they're affected by so many things, it becomes what we call complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So it has a complexity because people come to me, it's just not one thing. There's multitudes um, of issues. Um, and, of course, I find the media feeds that the visual images see that there's, there's just a constancy. And uh, therefore, I think it's worse than when we go back to World War Two when it was over, it was over, and people, you know, the men, they survived, came home, and um, they had their roles. They knew what they were doing. They had work roles. Now people can't even get work. So you can see financial stress. You can see how it was blown out. It's... Uh, major problem yeah it is it is and uh and as i mentioned earlier something that you know we should not expect this to go away between now and the return of christ it is absolutely not only going to get it's going to escalate okay so you're talking about this being something that is treatable and something that you know spiritual people are obviously able to handle uh generally speaking better than non-spiritual people um where do we where do we start with seeking treatment for trauma well in my experience, I think your relationship with God is a powerful point, but there are lots of other things that if people don't have that, um, 
And some people like the 12-step program, and that really helps them because they don't cope with religion. So there's different forms that people can do that you can work with. But with trauma, understanding the nature of trauma and how it affects the brain and the nervous system, which is educating people about their brain and their body and how it's affecting them, is very powerful. Because it's an experience that people are overwhelmed by and don't, don't know why. Why am I feeling this? Why is my body doing this? When you educate, people start to relax and go, oh, that's why. Now I know. And then what I do is then help them in many ways, which we can't talk about all of today, but we can continue with this because it's such a problem. But trauma is embedded in the five senses and every cell of the body logs the trauma on. So one of the things you do is work from the body to the brain. You can't just work with the brain and the mind because the body has registered the trauma and is constantly reacting to any triggers. So does that make sense? Yep, it sure does. And, you know, we we talk about, you know, some of the physical ailments that people have, which, you know, we typically think of having a physical cause, but how much of this can, can, can actually come from an emotional cause? Oh, absolutely, and the brain, the way the brain's functioning, not functioning, um, that mind-body relationship is incredibly powerful, but if I found with trauma, if you don't help people to reset, and you know, we talk about the great reset at the moment, but you have to reset the nervous system and the five senses and then the brain function because you have two, um, you've got left brain, right brain in that neocortex, that's like the computer that's aware and listening at the moment, and one of them links in, the right brain links in with the emotional side or the deeper emotions of the brain. So when we're experiencing trauma, we're constantly emotionally loading and our left thinking brain can't make sense of it. It feeds it. So what I do is work on brain balance, getting that brain balance back, and that's, I do that on a number of levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually, as well as um, helping people to understand it and treat. I usually work from body to brain because it starts to treat the nervous system because it's just over, it's like totally inflamed, it's overloaded. Yeah, that's, and that's interesting, you know, if you go for some tech support, the first question they're going to ask you is, um, you know, have you switched it off and, and restarted it yet? And uh, it, it almost yep. sounds like you're saying, okay, switch everything off in the body, restart from scratch, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, do, a major, let's do a major reset right here. A major and, overhaul here. Yeah, 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 major, yeah. major well, overhaul. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. What you do, what I do is start with, let's pick the worst thing that's happening to you at the moment or how you're reacting. So there are um, the um, psychiatry man- manual, is the DSM-5 now, diagnostic manual. It's very good guidelines that people you know, are overwhelmed by and they say, oh, yeah, I've got that, that, and that. So I can do an assessment or they can do their own, they can go online. The three main things are, that people do, they keep re-experiencing the traumatic event, whether it be in nightmares, memories, reminders. They start avoiding, um, what, so they, they isolate and don't recover. They get worse and emotional numbing, dissociation, shutting down or increased arousal, hyperarousal. So, and that's where the nervous system is over-stimulated. So anything um, causes more shock to the system. So you work with those three dynamics to help people and identify the worst symptoms for them and then work from them. Which um, one do you find? And that's where yeah. more gone. 
I was going to say, which one, which one do you find more challenging to work with, people that are avoiding, that are numbing, that are isolating, or people that are, um, you know, hyper-aroused and sort of, yeah, dealing with it that way? Um, probably because I work with uh, nutrients. I did a course on nutritional medicine for mental health. I find working with the body and that hyper-arousal by using specific nutrients and give them breathing exercises and ways to calm the body because if the heart's not running well, if that's out of order like spiking and peaking and uneven, then the brain can't settle. So you work. So that's a, I think the first thing is to help the body because that's what people are stuck in at this time. The other one are nightmares and insomnia or not coping at night. That's a huge one. So and that's a hard one to treat. It's easier, I find, to treat the body than to... When you treat the body, the nightmares can get less because you're resetting the system. And what about insomnia? Does insomnia go along with nightmares or can it be a separate thing all by itself? It usually ends up going along with the nightmares because when people get to a point they don't want to go to bed because they think, oh, I have all those terrible nightmares and they're repetitive and it's re-traumatising. So what I do is when people wake up from a nightmare, get them to... To that, that settle the body, the heart, to get the brain back online again, and take you know, don't stay in bed. There's things that we can do that start to minimise it and not feed it. So it, it is a psychological reset as well, mm. and that takes time because that's hard. Once the person's re-traumatised, it's like it's never going to leave. They feed it. So yeah, and when you do that, they start to have better sleep patterns. You can work with uh, specific nutrients to help the nervous system at night, and and doctors will help. They do have some tools that can help people as well. With with this kind of trauma, when you talk about somebody that's having nightmares and you know those uh, kind of things, how far back in their history in their life can this trauma have taken place? Like, can something come okay. back from way back in the past and, and, and suddenly start yeah. causing problems that has never caused problems before? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and this goes back to a lot of good research. that, oh, And they find with PTSD, people who already had a lot of trauma in their life are more likely to get PTSD in the present if something traumatic happens because they already have underlying trauma. And that can go way back to... I believe even uh, conception through the birth, if the mother's traumatised, the baby's experiencing that, takes that on board, then certainly birth and then those first couple of formative years, if there's trauma, it becomes a major problem. Um, so, yeah, so it can go way back. So often that when I treat trauma, people can't keep thinking about the past because it re-traumatises. So I work very much in the present with, their presentation, it's like working top down um, because there's so much. And uh, so we work with it, how they're reacting in the present because that is a manifestation that goes, you go way back. You don't even know where if it's pre to. So you can't go back and resolve it. It's long. Um, so you have to work very much in the present. Sure, sure. And when somebody, you know, if somebody starts to have, you know, nightmares and Insomnia, for instance, uh, you mentioned that these, these are some of the things that people suffer with. You know, at what point is that going to? At what point are you going to recognise that as being abnormal? Because I mean, hey, it doesn't everybody have the odd nightmare from time to time? I think someone who's very much more at peace and is uh, well focused in the present and is, you know, their life is 
manageable, even if there is trauma, uh, you can still make it manageable, and that's the spiritual dynamic that really helps, then you don't have nightmares. Um, Because the sleep cycle, when you go to sleep, the brain wants to sort out the stress and and rewire the brain because it, it takes wear and tear during the day. But when there's an overload, it's like it's got so much damage, you can't deal with it. And that's where you get the nightmares and um, the brain just can't release it. So this is where the problem lies. So I believe there are people out there that sleep well, often meet them. Um, they're at peace, they go to bed and you know, they do, they fall asleep easily. But there is a lot of good treatments around if people have insomnia um, or not dealing with it. Yeah, because it's about quality of sleep as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we might have got a little bit onto, you know, one of the sidetracks here, but I think it's important that uh, we talk about it because, you know, if, uh, the message that I'm hearing is if you're getting nightmares, you know, and if you start to get a few yes. of them, then maybe this is something that you need to address. Maybe your body is absolutely. telling you to, uh, to, to jump in and yes. actually do something yeah. about this. Yeah. Now, these nightmares might not start till later in life. Trauma can be locked in for a long time and, you know, I've met people that, they seem to have had a good life, but their life wasn't totally fulfilling. But then something happened and all these memories came back, back and nightmares. And so somewhere along the line, it's like the in-tray is so full that it starts to spill out. Mm. Um, that can happen. But some people, it can start from the beginning of the trauma where um, they're just so afraid and they go to bed and that fear is manifested. Um, one of the things we can do with the, you know, when we do our weekly sessions is I can take, like, start with the brain and have a look at how you reset the brain and the body. And we can look more specifically, if you like, at some of the tools that people can use that are helpful. I think that'd be fantastic, um, Jennifer. We we are going yeah. to we are going to have to finish up. Um, I like that suggestion. Yes. I like that a lot. Let's uh, let's start there and let's continue on next week because. Uh, yeah, we're, okay. we're looking forward to what you're going to be sharing with us over the next couple of weeks. Um, we do have to move okay. on to the show right now. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.